Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. Welcome to another week. Thank you. Here we are. Here we are. Another week, another question. Yeah. Should we ever like... We used to always talk about like surfing in the beginning. Remember that? Mm-hmm. We'd like, what do we banter about before we get into the topic? Mm. Now we surf just get is into still it. really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some swell coming tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's all we have to add. I haven't been in a while. So mm-hmm. anytime. I'll pick your mind about and that. There, Dawn. Come on out. Dawn Patrol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, back to the question. We have a question from Dave today. Uh, Dave, thank you for your question. He says this He says, I'm 36 years old with a wife, a two and a half year old, and hopefully a second child in the near future. All right. I currently have a job with a non-matched 403B, but it also currently offers a pension and it will hopefully still be there when I retire in 25 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. My wife's employer offers a matching 403B. Mm -hmm. I currently contribute 15% per pay period into my 403B and my wife contributes about 11% to hers. Mm -hmm. I've been working a few years longer than her and excluding my current 403B account, I have about $75,000 in an IRA from previous 401k rollovers. Mm -hmm. I still have about $45,000 remaining in principal student loans at 4.35 fixed rate of interest, so I have eight years left on a 10-year refi loan. I graduated college in 2007 and have been paying my student loans every month since then. My current minimum monthly payment is $575, so does it make any sense to cash out my IRA and finally just pay off my student loan, pay off a small amount of credit card debt from a trip we took to Hawaii a few years ago, and ultimately free up some cash to increase my monthly 403b contribution and build up our emergency fund back up to a healthy level, especially as the cost of living increases and we plan to add another child to our family. Or is it absolutely insane to throw away 75000 saved over the previous 10 years of my career? All right. Yeah, good question. Good question. A few de- details here. Uh, and so essentially what he is saying is he's been saving, uh, he's, he saved to his retirement accounts. And now there's kind of competing priorities here. If I've got Mm -hmm. some retirement funds saved up, I've also got some debt. I also want to free up some cash flow because living expenses are rising, maybe another child in the future. Right. And how can I free up some of that cash flow and wondering what the best thing to do is. So uh, what would you do, Scott? Yeah. uh, Put you on the spot. What would I do? Give me an answer right now. Yeah. Well, so a couple things come to mind for me. First things first. First, I would just want to know where Dave works and what the funded status of the pension is. And what would you want to know that for, for the listeners? What does that tie into? So just to be clear what funded status means, it's a, the simplest way to think of it is like a, a pension. So a 401k, which is what most of us have now, we put money in, we invest the money. Maybe we get an employer match. But we're really in charge of it. It's our own destiny, mm-hmm. right? With the pension, um, the pension, the um, contributions go in, 
from the employer. They're in charge of growing the pot of assets, and eventually they pay out the pot of assets to the employees once they reach certain metrics based on years of experience, you know, years of pardon me, years of service, and maybe you know some formula. Mm-hmm. There's always a formula for a pension, mm-hmm. um, but what you care about is how much money is in the pension account. Um, what are their assets? And the other thing you care about is what are their liabilities? What are the future payments they have to be making? Mm-hmm. And how do those two things match up? If you're at a, f- a pension that has a really nice funded status, his question of, I hope they're around when I retire in 25 to 30 years, if they're really good with what they do, he may not need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't need to worry about that, he should probably consider that pension a valuable asset mm-hmm. for them as a family. Mm-hmm. That cash flow stream will be there if he has no intention of leaving his current role. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have a lot to do with what you do from here. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's obviously when you or when Dave retires, he's going to want to live on some income level. Mm-hmm. And the more of that income that can be met by his pension, it kind of puts less pressure on him and his wife to have to save as much to their other retirement accounts to get to the same uh, desired lifestyle at right. that point. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a very good point. Is one, how much do you even the the question comes down to how do you allocate scarce resources? Right. Dollars so, are scarce resources. You're, you're with me on the first point, right? Because the yeah. second point I'm looking at is I'm like, wow, you guys have a really nice savings rate. Is mm-hmm. the first next thing I jump to. You know, you're saving 15% in his with no match, and then hers is 11 with a match. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, it's not written here, but I'm guessing the match is probably around 4%. Mm-hmm. So they're probably at about a 15% savings rate as a family. Yeah. That's really good. It's really good. And when you can, if, if you think of the, so with that pension, Dave is not putting anything in, but his employer certainly is. And he, he may actually be putting something in. There's Sometimes you are just, there's so withholding. many unknowns for this conversation. Yeah. There's some unknowns, but chances are good. I, I know a lot of like CalSTRS or CalPERS employees here yeah. in California where we live, it's, it might be like an 8% automatic contribution that you're making. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't go into a, defined contribution plan like a 403b where right. you see your own earmarked balance but it is going in to fund your pension and then the employer's often matching right so in some ways they could be doing 25 per, or 15 percent just combined but you could think of those pension contributions as additional amounts being saved to retirement albeit in just a different way mm-hmm. um, but there's that's where we would start because as we go back to well how do we allocate dollars to either loan payoff or retirement or Increasing cash flow for rising expenses and another child, that is a very important place to start. Mm-hmm. Are you oversaving, undersaving, or right on track based upon what you're already doing? Right, exactly. We're on the same page. The, the next thing I jump to is the um, – so obviously we have that 75K in the IRA. That's great. We'll put a pin in that for a second. Um, the 45K remaining in student loans at a 4.35% balance, Right. Um, sure, you can keep making those payments on the regular at 575, but the question becomes, do I want to pay that down faster to have more free cash flow for myself as a family as I'm expanding the family? That's basically the crux of the question. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then the question is just, how do I accelerate those payments if I'm going to do it? Mm -hmm. And his idea is, let's take that IRA money, let's go ahead and take a distribution, Um, we'll go ahead and pay a penalty on it, and we'll pay it off. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the the question is, does that make sense as this question is, or is it absolutely insane to throw away 75,000 saved over the previous 10 years of my career? And so <laughs> well, not, nothing's insane, but I mean, I'll be interested to see your point on this, but my, I mean, my own thought on it is, well, what if, you know, you are, you already have 75,000 saved there that gets to grow and compound yep. already as it is. So what if instead we just decrease the contributions we're making to our 403Bs yeah. to increase our cash flow to go pay it down faster. Yeah. That that is exactly what I would go to as well. Because it's almost like you already have retirement assets and you're continuing to put in to your retirement assets. Now the thing is if you stop putting into your retirement assets, so you decrease that 15% that you're currently saving. If you decrease that, there's no penalty for decreasing. Right. You, you're going to get taxed on that money now instead yes. of having to be in a pre-tax deduction, but you're not penalized versus if you go take all of your old 401ks that are now in your IRAs, you're going to pay taxes on that plus a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Yeah. We don't know what Dave and his wife's combined income is, so we don't know what that tax bracket would be. But but we know what the 10% penalty would be. We know it's be 4500 bucks. Yeah. On 45 grand. Yeah. Yeah, we know that we know that automatically we know that automatically (laughs) so it 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 might take that full 75 to pay federal taxes to maybe pay state taxes i don't know what state they live in plus a 10 percent penalty versus what if you just stopped saving 15 and 11 percent oh i think you made the point earlier don't if your wife's getting a match keep doing the amount to the match but absolutely at a minimum putting new money into your 401 or 403bs and just simply redirect that to the the monthly um, payment until that debt is fully paid off. Right. I would still view that as a savings as well, just to be clear. Like when you're choosing to accelerate a payment to pay something down to get rid of, to increase cash flow in the end, that can be a form of savings for you. At the end of the day, you're just choosing to pay down a debt faster to increase your, your asset base mm-hmm. versus just saving to an asset base. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this, like if, 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 uh, I think if the set par question was like, I'm good on cash flow. I don't have any debts. I have enough of an emergency fund. I don't mind holding debt. I know we've had the conversation. One of our first episodes was, do I pay down debt fast or slow? I'm of the mindset that I don't mind debt. I would look at that interest rate and go like, I don't mind paying that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep investing my funds. Mm -hmm. But what I'm hearing in the language here is basically like, hey, we want to have some resiliency. We have a little bit of credit card debt. We don't have an emergency fund at a healthy level. Um, cost of living is going to increase for us. We'd like to create some freedom and flexibility for ourselves. Right. How do we do that? Right. Um, and that's where I think the idea of choosing to inv- uh, save a little bit less right now into your uh, 403Bs so that you are paying down that debt faster could make sense. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is why, just to go back to where we started, how much do you even need to be saving in the first place to reach your desired retirement so goals? So matters. That's yeah, huge right now. Like maybe maybe you could reduce that to ten percent total, and still be totally fine. Right, and still be totally fine to hit like retirement age at the normal time with a pension. Yeah, with Social Security, like you're golden. You know, you don't need to save more. You don't need to save more. And then what that does is it gives you gives you the ability to give yourself permission to say, okay, if we lower that, pay off our debt, we don't even necessarily have to go right back to our four hundred three b and increase it. Right, we could just use those dollars to live to, life. To live to, life, to raise to a kid. To save on a monthly basis for the next trip to Hawaii so there's not credit card debt when it comes. Exactly. So I think that both you and I would say probably we would not, we tend to recommend against pulling money out of 401ks to pay off 
debt unless it's an absolutely extreme scenario. Yeah. And that's your last option. Yeah. I don't think this is an extreme scenario. I think we'd both probably say, obviously, we can't give recommendations on the show. This is just well, it's, our a fr- thoughts. it's a framework to think about it, right? Because we don't, there's so much we don't know about this situation still. Yeah. Like one of the things I don't know that I think of immediately is I see the interest rate, I see the minimum payment for the student loan and the interest rate. And I see we have a little bit of credit card debt. I want to know what that interest rate is on that credit card debt. Yes. Because I have a feeling paying that off first is going to make more sense than accelerating payments on the student loan. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of those things. Like, I think we probably think that it might make sense to stop saving as much to 403Bs, redirect that to pay down if the goal is to get those paid off. But as in terms of priorities, a certain thing paying off that credit card is probably a big one. Mm-hmm. So let's say that Dave and his wife do reduce their contributions to their 403Bs before paying off debt at 4 point, what is it, 3.5% on the loan. Credit cards are almost always in teens. Teens are higher, yeah. So that's going to be, what, four times the interest rate. Right. So absolutely, and especially seems like a lingering payment. Like you think you said this is from a few years ago. Right. How good would it feel just to get that knocked out? Yeah, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. So I think that would probably be... Setting up Priority. a healthy, I don't know what the amount of emergency funds you want to have, but whatever that, whatever a month of life costs, how many months do you want to have on the sidelines as a family mm-hmm. uh, and, and build that up and then perhaps paying down that, that uh, student loan a little bit faster as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and the interesting thing about paying down the student loan is you're temporarily kind of constricting your cash flow mm-hmm. in order to long-term increase your cash flow. Mm-hmm. So it's going to hurt even more to pay extra towards it because instead of the 575 minimum payment, maybe it's 1000 or 1500 or whatever it is that they reduce their 403Bs by. Um, so to your point, it, debt is a very personal thing. Like I think this interest rate isn't outrageous. You know, It's not like a, a credit card where no. it's 18% and we say absolutely be paying that off. Um Different people have different thoughts. Like I, I, I like the thought of yeah. Do you pay that down and increase your cash flow that gives you the ability to to do more with a second child on the way, or do more for savings or preparing for the future? Um, but that's more of a personal. Yeah, and question. another thing, I another thing that just um, pressed my mind. I haven't looked at rates recently, but I don't even know. Like, does it make sense to refi the refi? I don't know what current rates are for um, student loan debt, mm-hmm. but like. Could you get a lower interest rate on a 10-year note where it doesn't really cost you anything to redo it, but now you can just have a lower interest payment so you can go pay it down even faster mm-hmm. as you're attacking it? Mm-hmm. Um, just another like little bit of food for thought. I haven't looked at rates for student loans in a while. Yeah. And we again, we don't know the full picture for Dave and his wife. Maybe he has a home. Maybe this was a home purchased a few years ago and rates have dropped and he could refinance the home mortgage and use that to pay off the student loan and then bake that into the the just ongoing mortgage payment. So lots of options to consider. So many. That are outside the scope of what we know yeah. from the question. Um, I like what you brought up earlier of how do you prepare? So how can we look at this and prepare for the next trip to Hawaii? Mm-hmm. It's probably not through just charging it to the credit card and figuring it out later. No. How would you think about that? Uh, well, I mean, you you really just, I we did an uh, episode a long time ago called Budgeting Sucks, Do This Instead, mm-hmm. which basically just looks at a bucketing approach to thinking about cash flow. I think one of the simplest things is understanding what do I need just to live a month of life? What do I need to pay the bills? Make that minimum student loan payment. If I have a home mortgage payment and insurance payments, car payments, what are all those things? And then what do I need just to live a week of life? 
living variable expenses, you mm-hmm. know, for Amanda and I and the boys. And then what do we want to be saving for that's coming up in our future that really matters to us living in the short term, like living life now, what trips are we going to take? What are, what, you know, what special sports are the kids playing and things like that? And let's make sure we're saving for those things. Mm-hmm. So we're not using a credit card and getting in, in uh, debt mm-hmm. to live life. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, when people go to budget, we say, oh, what's your monthly expenses? And we think of like the, the big things that are there every single month. Yeah. Mortgage or rent. You think right. of groceries, you think of utilities, you think of your cell phone bill, you think of Netflix, you know, whatever it is. And that's great. But the things I think break people's budget or, or, or frustrate people about budgeting is, okay, well, then what about when you go take that trip to Hawaii? Right. Well, that's a few thousand bucks. And if it's not planned for, it's like, well, shoot, that. how do how do I pay for this? Or maybe yeah. it's, uh, it could be anything. Maybe you're not impounding your property taxes. And twice a period, it's like, oh my gosh, there's property taxes we have to pay or right. big insurance premium or whatever. So it's almost like understand on an annual basis how much might you and the family want to spend on travel. Yeah. And I will just say that that is not an e- Most people that I've met, including myself, are horrible at this. Mm-hmm. Actually knowing what you spend in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's helpful to get some some a framework in place where you're not trying to go judge yourself on a monthly basis. I think some people love things like you need a budget, YNAB, um, you know, things like that, where they're looking over the past and being like, did we spend exactly what we wanted to spend on Starbucks? But most people don't like that. So if instead you can get a general sense of here's the amount of money we need to show up every month. This is what we're going to have. This is what we need weekly, even if you want to be really, really specific about it. Um, and then here's what we're going to be saving for. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the month, if you have to go, don't have enough money to cover your credit card, if you use a credit card just for every all the expenses, well, then you're going to have to take it from one of those future savings buckets and you're going to feel that pain mm-hmm. as a family, right? Yeah. Like, well, we can't we can't go stay at like the really nice hotel in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to stay at the less nice hotel in Hawaii because mm-hmm. we're spending more today. Well, that's a choice you're making. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's perfect at this process, but doing something, it gets you 80% of the way there, 90% of the way there. And then the remaining 10, 20% you figure out along the way. But, you know, exactly. if you think you might spend six grand per year on family vacations, okay, 500 bucks yourself. a month. Put 500 bucks a month in a separate savings account. If that's too difficult to do, it means you either need to take fewer vacations or modify the expectations of that vacation and spend less or- Figure out a way to make more money. Like figure out a way to, we have different yeah. levers to pull, right? We can figure out ways to make more money. I yeah. mean, there are four or three Bs jump out and I just go, well, maybe your teachers, I don't know. You know, maybe there's side income you want to make somewhere else, but it's just, what do you want to do to live the life that matters to you? Yeah. Your time, your money, your energy, your talent. How do you optimize those things for the life you want? Yes. I think that's a, that's a big thing here. Of One of the other reasons I don't like, um, going back to the beginning, I don't typically like the idea of just cashing out a an IRA or 401k and paying off debt to get rid of the payment is sometimes if we don't have a new system to kind of operate with going forward, we just go right back into the same, yeah. okay, pay for another trip repeat to Hawaii, pay for another, it repeats itself. So Agreed. kind of forcing yourself to do it by changing the framework that you're working in um, is a lot more lasting. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think that is it. Yeah. Unless you've got any more sage wisdom to share with uh Mm-mm. dave and everyone just else. just again thank you for the questions you know if as you're listening to this and thinking about it on previous episodes if you've ever had an episode that this has been impactful for you please take a minute to go leave a review um you know we're doing this to help 
improve financial literacy and action for people can take in their financial lives. Um, and we'd love for more people to know about the show so that we can have a financially literate America. And eventually the show will end when that happens. So, <laughs> so please uh, leave a review. Oh, and if you guys do have a question, please submit. Yes. Yeah. Great points. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.